A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman alongside Steve Harmison looking back at England's defeat against Ireland. They've been beaten in the second match of the T20 World Cup. They've gone down by five wickets on Duckworth, Lewis, Stern. And boy, oh boy, do we have a few things to talk about on today's show. You're listening to following on from TalkSport. Okay, if you're listening to the show by now, you no doubt know, as I just mentioned, England have lost, Ireland have won by five wickets, um, and Ireland deserved it as well. Uh, The rain got involved and uh, possibly played a decisive part in the results, but Ireland uh, batted better for 10 overs, and they bowled better for 14.3 overs, so they deserve it. Their fielding was a bit rubbish, though. Uh, Ireland uh, were put in. To bat by England, who won a toss. You thought a good toss as well. Uh, really blustery conditions, cold uh, and wet uh, in Melbourne. And uh, Ireland lost uh, Paul Sterling relatively soon. Uh, he went for just 14. But then a partnership of 82 between uh, Tucker and also Balburnie uh, seemed to put Ireland in a really dominant position. They were looking good for a score around 170, 180, it felt. And then a little bit of misfortune. Uh, Tucker run out of the non-striker's end after Balburnie drove a ball from Rashid back past the bowler who got a fingertip to it. And that set, a, set upon a little bit of a collapse. Two wickets in just three balls. 103 for one became 103 for three. But the, the real collapse came later on. The 15-over stage with Ireland uh, looking set 127 for three. They found themselves bowled out in just uh, four overs, losing the last seven wickets for not many. 157 all out, though, and you thought advantage England until Joss Butler was out second ball. Hales went soon after, and when Stokes was dismissed for six, continuing his poor run, really, in T20s at international level, England 29 for three. And behind Duckworth Lewis as well. They were 37 for three at the end of the power play, with Milan and Brooke huffing and puffing at the crease and never really got going. With one eye on the heavens as the uh, rain advanced, and uh, the fact that Ireland bowled brilliantly in helpful conditions, yes, but still, they bowled really, really well. And uh, England, uh, and the rain came, 
maybe just five runs behind on Duckworth Lewis Stern, but they ran out deserved losers and Ireland deserved winners. So we're now for England and Ireland. And uh, where did it all go wrong for England? Uh, let's discuss that and more with Steve Harmison here on the following on podcast. Story of the day. So, Harmy, wow, plenty to get uh, to get stuck into there. But first things first, Ireland deserved to win. Oh, oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. They deserved to win. Uh, actually, it was a poor quality cricket match, to be honest. I mean, a- apart from a- Andrew Balburney, um, yeah, Ireland batted well. Up with it. I said that on Hawksby and Jacobs yesterday. That um, Charlie asked me. Charlie Baker asked me from an Irish point of view, how do Ireland win? I said, they've got to have a good power play. Well, they did. They had a power play with a bat and a power play with a ball, which were far superior to England's. Um, England didn't bowl very well. Both sides of the wicket didn't really sort of... It, it was English conditions as well. You expect Chris Wokes, bit of swing, Sam Curran, bit of swing. And we we give we give too many, yeah, too many freebies, really, um, in that first 10 overs. Dragged it back. Mark Wood said at halftime on the TV, and he was very, very honest with his assessment, saying that England were poor, didn't bowl very well. Um, and yeah, apart, say apart from Balburnie, it was a poor quality game because fielding wasn't very good. Bowling wasn't the greatest. Batters didn't really get used to the surface that they were batting on. Um, couldn't hit the middle of the bat. All England players really struggled to hit the middle of the bat. Um, and I think all in all, it was a, a night for England to forget. But one thing I will say, John, I'd love to have seen the end of this game because I still think England would have won. I think Mo and Ali would have got England over the line. As bad as England have played, I still think they're getting to the nitty-gritty and down to the 18th, 19th and 20th over. If Mo and Ali's still there, Liam Limston's there, Sam Curran's there with them, I think... The realization of England, uh, Ireland potentially beating England, the pressure on Ireland. I think you would have seen you would have seen the game get a bit closer, and I think England would have gotten over the line. That being said, I don't I don't begrudge Ireland winning. I think England Ireland deserved to win that cricket match by the way they they played the first six overs with both bat and ball. Josh Butler spoke after the match, and he was critical of uh, of the bowling. He said that's where they lost the game. Um, do you think that there's a touch of complacency about? I, I know it's a cliche question, um, but I'm going to use it. Do you think there was, you know, they they went out there, the conditions were so in favour of the ball. Um, do, do you just think that they there was a touch of complacency from England? Is that possible at this level? I think so. I think well, not so much complacency, no, because I think that the the professional and the yeah, the, the way they drilled Matthew Martin, Collie's out there, and one or two others, Hussey and, and Serka, that had England well drilled. England were being right up for this game. Mark Wood said something which it would worry a lot of people, but I fully understood what he said. He said there was, <laughs> I know it's it's a World Cup game. Ian Ward just said you've got to be up for a World Cup game. Talking to talking to um, Owen Morgan on the TV, but. Psychologically, it's, it's it's very, very difficult when you're out there in the middle and there's about 4,500 people in a 90,000 seat stadium. And you, you, it brings Ireland closer towards, for me, towards England. England should have been better. They should have been, you know, they should, they're not, but they're not robots, a human element. If this was 90,000 and it was full, then I think you might have seen a little bit more intensity where England in the first six, eight overs. 
Um, that's not an excuse. I think that's just the reality. Uh, when you say complacency as a, a, a cliche type of thing, I think it's more that the occasion. If it's 90,000 people, Ireland really sort of struggle in the occasion. If it's 4,000, 5,000 people in a 90,000 city stadium, the big superstars, the likes of Butler, Stokes, Livingston, Ali, all these players who have played in front of huge crowds of IPL and, and international cricket, then it's you aren't going to be as, I think, in yeah, the, the intensity levels aren't going to be as high. And I think that's something that England probably fell foul of in that first 40 minutes of the game. How come Ireland got so much more swing than England? I think the scene position was presented a lot better. And I've, lo- I've noticed that. For some reason, Chris Folkes' scene position wasn't it wasn't bolt upright. It wasn't sort of candid towards, you know, if you bowl to a right-hander, if you're trying to take the ball away from the batsman, seam position, and that, that, there's a couple of things that could be in that. And I think, but I think that for me, again, with Sam, I think Sam, Sam Curran's seam position, it was more scrambled seam than it was seam up. And if you bowl seam up, you've got more chance of it to swing. And I think you watch little, Adair got it to go. McCarthy, even after about eight overs, McCarthy got a few to swing. Um, and there could be a few few elements in that. And the, the, the one thing that I will say, and I know the TV have, have picked up on it, there's a hell of a lot of batters in that TV commentary and they don't understand when it comes to the bowling side of it. If you're slippery underfoot on that front foot, there's a, quite a few things can go wrong. You, know, you land and you slide. First thing you do is you drag it down because you keep a hold of the ball. Second thing you do is you're not as consistent with your action um, and your timing when it comes to letting go of the ball because you're trying to predict where your feet's going to go. You're trying to sort of work out a huge amount of things in your mind when you're a bowler coming in as opposed to on a front foot, dry surface, slam your foot down. It's not going to move anywhere. Right behind, wrist right behind the ball, bang, seam bolt upright. And I think we lost 18, 20 minutes at the start of that game. And it was a little bit greasy underfoot. And I'm not making an excuse for Chris Wokes or Sam Curran or Mark Wood or anybody else, Ben Stokes. But when you're sliding and it's a bit greasy on top, the consistency levels aren't, aren't there at the point of release when you're coming to get, let go of the ball. So because of that, I think their seam positions were a little bit off. And I think that's why it didn't swing as much first thing this morning as opposed to later on when when it was a, it got a little bit drier, the pitch was a little bit drier and the footholds were a lot easier to land. The front foot was a lot easier to land on. I thought the skill level of the, the island bowlers were fantastic. The scene was bolt upright. I thought Adair's scene was excellent. Same with Little, and that's why they got the ball to swing. Are we missing Reese Topley as well? Because, you know, he's a, he's a, wicket-taking, yeah. he's a wicket-taking threat. In that, in the power play, um, and that does yeah. seem to that didn't seem to quite be there today. Yeah, we can say we can make a lot of excuses. We can say we can miss Reese Topley. We can talk about what I've just said about the scene position on bowlers at the end of the day. We didn't bowl very well. If you're, if you're, John, if you're took, if you're standing standing here, standing there at whatever time, because I've got no idea what time this started when it comes to Australian time. But if you're there. F- sort of 40 minutes before the game and you're going Josh Butler, win and toss, bowl first on this, in these conditions. I'm throwing the ball to Chris Wokes and I'm going, 
Do I want anybody else other than Jimmy Anderson with a ball in his hand like that on this surface? You know, get the ball to swing, get the ball to seam. We've heard that before, haven't we, in Australia? You know, Ashes, if you remember, Chris Wokes didn't have a great time in the Ashes, possibly because he had the weight of the world on his shoulders that he had to lead the attack. That's possibly where he missed Rhys Topley because Rhys Topley would have probably opened the bowling with Ben Stokes and then, well, probably Wokes wouldn't have played. Maybe there was an added pressure on that. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But yes, we miss Rhys Topley because he's a fine, fine bowler. But Chris Wokes is a fine bowler in these conditions, English conditions. We've just played in the MCG in English April, May conditions. And we've been, we've been out bowled by a team who arguably are used to bowling in a similar conditions and they put the ball in a better area than we did. So you can miss whoever you want. I thought yeah, Ireland just played better than England in the, with the ball and the power play. One of the vagaries of this, of this tournament is, of course, that there is a weak qualification tournament before the tournament, even though it's part of the tournament. Do you think mm. that's, that's paid a little bit in Ireland's advantage? They've had two proper games. Well, that's, you know, they've had three proper games of cricket. They won two of them. They beat Scotland in the game that they shouldn't have. They've beaten West Indies. And then, of course, uh, they're here now. They're, and they've played Sri Lanka as well. They lost uh, in, in the tournament so far, the proper tournament so far. But do you, England's huffed and puffed a bit against Afghanistan. They're huffed and puffed today. Do you think that Ireland are benefiting slightly from that, from that weak lead-in that England maybe didn't have? Yeah, possibly. But England have just played seven games in Pakistan. You could arguably say England have, have hit their peak a fortnight ago in the way they played. But... We are looking for excuses if we think Ireland have getting a getting a, a leg up because they've played three competitive games going at the tournament as opposed to England not playing. England are the best team in the world. For me, even before today, yeah, even today, England are still arguably one of the best two, three teams in this tournament. I still fully expect England to qualify from this group because I think they'll be Australia on Friday. They just had a bad day. Put it to bed move on and come back Friday at the same venue in front of 90,000 people this time. And I think you'll, hopefully, you'll have a different England. If you don't have a different England, then we're going home. The other thing is this. England could lose to Sri Lanka. England could lose to New Zealand. Uh, If they can lose to Ireland, they can lose to anybody. But that's not to criticise England. That's just the way of the game. That's, That's the format. I think that the teams that are coming up you know, there's, there's a there's a smaller gap between the, the the top T20 team in the world and the tenth team. You know, that's that's the brilliant thing about this tournament. Everyone can beat everyone. Of course, Friday is going to be an absolutely massive match, but a lot can happen, especially when you consider the weather. The weather. You know, teams could lose points left, right, and centre. So, you know, I'm not saying that England um, can afford to lose on Friday, but you just got a feeling that there's. There's more than one or two surprises on the way. Yeah, I, I, England can't afford to lose on Friday. I, they can't. I think they're out if they lose on Friday because I think the way the, the groups have gone, I, 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 I think England would, would be very, it'd be very, very difficult for England to qualify from Friday if they lose. Um, you're right. Teams can, everybody can beat each other. 2020 has, has obviously shortened the you know the the difference between you know, the minnows and or the so-called minnows 
because only one person, two people have to have a good day. You look at today, Andrew Balberni and Little both really you know, contributed towards Ireland. Even after 20 overs, 2020 game, full game, England, you know, they were they possibly could have gotten beat in that, two players standing out. But I, I think England have got to win on Friday. More for more for their own their own good rather than you know, the other tournament standing than anything else. So they can't afford for lose on Friday. Um because I think if they do then I, I really think they'll struggle to to finish in the top two. Where England are at at this moment in time, I just think it's a poor performance. England have had poor performances in the past. I've got no doubt that England will come good. My only slight concern is I don't think the balance of our side is right. I think we are playing one too many batsmen and one less bowler. I think we could have done with another, possibly done with another bowling option. Even though you've got Mo and Ali there, another bowling option would have been better, especially in the seam bowling option. And I think we've seen a, a, a glimpse there that Mo and Ali coming in further down the order, he probably still would have come in at six. Liam Livingston hardly faced anything there. We could have been four or five runs short in that game. And that, for me, would have been largely down to our two power hitters not facing enough ball. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. What is going to happen tomorrow? So what do we, what do we going to do then? Do they make change? They're playing on the same. They're playing at the MCG on Friday, coming up against Australia. They've just beaten them 2 0. Um, it's going to be, a, there's not going to be 4,000 in the crowd on Friday. There's going to be, you know, 40,000, 50,000. What team do England go in with? Um, I think England will probably go in with the same side. 
uh, know in England as they do, you when they have a poor performance, they tend to go, right, you lot made that mess, you lot get out of that mess. That was Owen Morgan's way. Whether that's the same with Josh Butler, I'm not so sure. Um, I think he needs another option, um, bowling-wise. So who would you um, do if it's that up to you? I'd possibly bring another bowling option in. David Willey would get me <clears throat> overs at the start. Jordan would get me overs at the death. You look at the game there the night, today, Ben Stokes is bowling at the death. Do we want Ben Stokes bowling at the death? Um, probably largely down to Chris Wokes not bowling that great. I think that would be a a place I'd look at, whether Wokes plays or whether it's Willie. I'd be looking at a batsman, whether Alex Hills comes out or whether David Milan comes out. David Milan got, he got 35 and 37 balls. He got a number, but it was, it was a scratchy number, but everybody else was scratchy. I don't want Livingston only facing six, seven balls in a, in a contest where the boundaries are massive. We've seen in the game, the biggest, one of the biggest things England didn't get to was, was the boundaries. You know, we got we dropped they dropped four cat three four catches on the boundary. England players trying to hit it over seventy meter eighty meter boundaries, which is which is huge. So I think that needs to be looked at from a mindset point of view. I personally, I personally would go with, like I said earlier in the in in the before the tournament, I'd go with Stokes at three, even though he's having a bad time with a bat. I'd go with Stokes at three and everybody move up one. And I wouldn't play Devin Milan. And I'd play Sam Curran at seven, David Willey at eight, Jordan at nine, Rashid 10, Wood 11, and play six batsmen and pick me five bowlers. Okay. Well, we'll see what England do. Um, let's finish up, though, because we covered Ireland on TalkSport 2 this year. They lost a lot of close games. You know, they should have beaten New Zealand. They should have, they could have beaten Ireland. They could have chased uh, Ireland. They could have chased down 220 odd against India in a T20 match. They've lost a lot of games. They've lost games that they should have won. But what we've seen from Ireland in that win over Scotland, the win over West Indies, the win today, it's almost like they've learned how to win ugly. Um, and that's to the betterment of their cricket. That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's their development. That's their next stage of. That's the next stage of the emerging nation turning into a full nation side that it's learning how to get over the line. And that's what I meant a little bit earlier that I'd be so intrigued on how the game would have gone today because you've got Mo and Ali, what was he, 24 off 12 balls. England need nine and a half and over, which is not a great deal in modern 2020 cricket, but the surfaces was, was in the sort of ball's favour rather than the bat favour. And the closer you get down to it, the 18th, 19th, 20th over. Bear in mind, we finished after 14.3. If we, if Mo and Ali's still there, 18, 19 overs into the game, England win because Ireland, they don't bottle it. What they do is they show their lack of, in, they have their lack of experience, their inexperience in tight pressure situations against a top player. And I think that's why, that's why Ireland, over the course of the time, we've covered them on TalkSport 2, is that the losing games right at the very end, losing close games. And that's the, that's the transformation between emerging nations to international, proper international cricket. And that's something they will learn. And that's something they will get, get better at. And days like today will go a huge way to transforming and propelling 
Ireland cricket forward. And you watch, and it was it was it was mentioned on commentary that eleven years ago when Ireland beat Kevin O'Brien beat England in India, a lot of these a lot of these players that are playing now were probably inspired to play cricket because of what happened in Ireland uh, in India at that time. And I think there'll be a lot of kids. 13, 14, 15, Andrew Balburn, said it in his interview after the game. He said, you know, we're trying to grow cricket in Ireland. We're trying to get cricket bigger and better in Ireland. There'll be 13, 14, 15-year-olds going to school, or the matter if they're a week off school this morning, watching that game tonight, going, I want to play cricket. I want to play cricket. And do you know what that is? It's brilliant for the world game. Because I think, I still think we need Ireland. England, England needs a strong Irish cricket team. Because when we've got just over the just over the border, over the water there, we can go and play. We can we can we can we can use Ireland a lot, and Ireland should be using England a lot when it comes in their development. Because you know, there's only what well, there's not many Northern Hemisphere international cricket sites, and I think a close a team close by, I think, and a strong team close by, I think, could help, especially help Ireland, you know, move themselves into the next level of of international cricket. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that England have been a little bit disrespectful to Irish cricket over the years, um, whether they want to just keep the whole, the, the Northern Hemisphere summer to themselves. I'm not so <clears> sure. <throat> but at the end of the day, there is more than English cricket, especially when we're in a position where we're, the game is fighting for eyeballs. Surely it would make sense to actually invest in Irish cricket, you know, to, to help them out, to increase the competition between the two countries um and to unearth you know the future generation of the of, of the game both here and there absolutely 100 percent. i've been saying it john i've been saying it now for five ten years that to get to get cricket in ireland played better obviously you need a first class structure and they can sort that out themselves but you know england here should be playing england here should be playing four-day test matches five-day test matches against ireland every year two three a year if they can if you can yeah, find a window in the calendar. The, the test teams that come to England, instead of playing Leicester second team, instead of playing Derbyshire second team or Northampton second team, base themselves in Ireland when they first come over. Go to Ireland, like we do with Abu Dhabi and Dubai when we go to Pakistan or India. You go to Ireland and you play unofficial test matches or you could play official test matches against Ireland instead of playing you know, three-day games, practice games, four-day practice games because that will benefit Irish cricket, but it will also benefit cricket in this region in the long term. And for me, it's a no-brainer. You, know, you talk about you know, warm-up games being meaningless. Well, don't play a warm-up game. Go and play against Ireland. Test yourself in a, against you know, a team that's trying to build, you know, hopefully, a, an important future for, obviously, for young cricketers in Ireland. If they see top, top test match stars come over and play on their back, in their back garden. Brilliant stuff. Okay, Harmy, we'll we'll be back on Friday, won't we, following that big game between England and Australia, the old enemies, going head-to-head at the uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground. Um, What what an occasion. If that's half as good, uh, half as memorable as the India-Pakistan game, then we're in for something ridiculous. Um, Okay, well, it's been a ridiculous day. England have lost to Ireland in an ICC event again, uh, and they've done so. Pretty comfortably, I, I would say, despite DLS getting involved. It's Ireland who've won by five wickets and uh, England need to win every game of the tournament to, to come if they're to be crowned at 
2022 T20 World Cup champions. Uh, to find out if they do it, you can follow Harmy and myself uh, over on TalkSport or here on the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 